Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt. I'm an integrative and functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in well over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs, and I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a school in practitioner mentorship where we help other clinicians level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what this show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I would love for you to subscribe to the show, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Now give me the mic so I can take it away. Hello, my friends. It is a beautiful day here in New Hampshire. It's like 80 degrees. The birds are chirping. The sun is shining. I've got the windows open. Spring has sprung, and I'm here for it. Today, we're going to talk about gut health, specifically two different things in the gut that help to keep your gut healthy and strong. Before I get into that, I have a very big announcement to make, which is this drum roll, a please. My beta launch of Manifest Your Health program has arrived. It is here. So this is the program where we use your own biology to heal. This is the future of mind-body medicine. It's going to be a five-week program. It's very experiential. Because it's the beta launch, I'm going to keep the group smaller. It's going to be a more intimate container. And you'll learn how to access your own internal pharmacy and activate your true healing potential. So think of it as like self-healing within community. I already anticipate questions. It is a beta group. So this is like the beta test. We are building out the bones of the program together. We're building out more of the infrastructure of the program together. So I do not know if or when I will offer this program again. I don't know if it will be a live program. I don't know if I will be leading the classes. In this beta round, I'm going to be leading all of the classes. We're going to be there together, doing it together. So if this is calling to you, I invite you to come and apply. It's not a really in-depth application process. We just kind of want to make sure that um, this is what you're looking for and you're a good fit for this methodology. And that is at the functionalnutritionist.com forward slash manifest dash your dash health. We'll link it up in the show notes. I'm very, very excited. This has been a long time in the making and I'm ready. I'm ready to go for it. So would love to see you there. Super limited spots. So if this is something you've been waiting for, I've been kind of teasing it out. If you're into the Manifest Your Health podcast that I've done, if you're into the mind-body medicine, if you're looking for a new way to approach healing, if you're looking for a new way to think about your health and healing, this is for you. Okay, let's get into the show. Today, we're talking about acromancia which is a bacteria in our guts, and secretory IgA, which is an immunoglobulin that can also be found in our guts. And I just got to shout out FNA student Jocelyn for this question. Uh, she asked this this week, and of course I answered it in our Q&A for all of the practitioners. 
And she really wanted to have a deeper understanding of the link between acromancia and secretory IgA. It was such a fun question for me to answer. And I think this conversation showcases just how layered and complex our gut health really is. The ecology of our gut microbiome, it's just so complex and we are just scratching the surface of what we understand. Um, I've said it before, I'll say it again, gut health is not just popping a probiotic, right? One probiotic strain does not make robust gut health. And I think you'll start to understand why that is the case in today's episode. Now, I do want to call out a specific probiotic strain. Um, In recent years, acromancia has gotten a lot of attention for its link to metabolic health. I've even discussed that here on the show before. There's this uh, paper. I'm just going to read one line because it kind of encapsulates what I'm talking about. In recent years, acromancia has attracted much attention for its comprehensive roles in maintaining host well-being, host being us, the people, which is regarded as a promising next generation beneficial microbe for metabolic disease prevention or therapy, owing to its various properties, including producing short-chain fatty acids, improving intestinal integrity, and reducing endotoxemia through inhibiting the translocation of lipopolysaccharide, LPS, from the intestine to circulation. You don't have to worry about that too, too much. We'll kind of uncover some of those things through our conversation today. But basically, there's multiple different factors um, that make this probiotic uh, beneficial for overall metabolic health. P.S. That is from um, Acromancia mucinophila. Is it the holy grail for ameliorating metabolic disease? We'll link it up in the show notes. So we've got this new probiotic kit on the block, Pendulum. Um, this is not an ad. I'm just throwing that throwing it out there in case you've seen it. Lots of great marketing. Halle Berry has been marketing it to me on my Instagram feed this week. Um, so you might be seeing it too. Uh, From my understanding, a lot of research went into the making of this probiotic. It is acromancia. Before this, you could not take acromancia in a bottle. You couldn't, it didn't exist. Uh, So it's acromancia plus chicory inulin, which is a prebiotic fiber that helps to feed acromancia. And the interesting thing about this probiotic and their marketing is that it's not just marketed at gut health, but also really more towards metabolic health as well. Now, clinically speaking, I haven't used this clinically. Some of the uh, the practitioners in the Functional Nutrition Academy have kind of like mixed reviews on whether or not they're seeing good clinical results. So I will um, I'll update you on that as I hear more. Um, not a whole lot of practitioners are seeing that it helps to rebound acromancia on a stool test. So this bacteria, depending on the stool test that you run, we run GI maps, um, you could actually test for levels of acromancia in somebody's gut and, um, they haven't seen it rebound those levels if they were low. However, it might have some benefit while people are actually taking it. So again, not an ad, just floating it out there because it kind of is part 
of this conversation talking about acromancia. So what does this guy do? He is one of the keystone bacteria in our guts, meaning he helps to feed other microbes, really important to diversity. The presence of acromancia is an indicator of a healthy gut. It makes up about one to 3% of our gut microbiota. And low levels have been associated with disease. So good, healthy levels of acromancia associated with good health, low levels associated with disease. When we're looking at a stool test, we can oftentimes see low levels of acromancia pair up with low levels of secretory IgA. And so that's kind of the question is like, hey, what's the interplay between these two guys? And that's what we'll chat about. Um, On Thursday, I'm going to release an episode specific to secretory IgA. It is one of my top 10 favorite episodes of this entire show very near and dear to my heart. And it really showcases how I bridge the science with the spiritual to get good clinical results. So I'm not going to go too far down the secretory IgA rabbit hole today because I've got a lot, a truckload of information coming your way on Thursday about secretory IgA. But briefly, to summarize, secretory IgA is often referred to as the first line of defense um, of our gut immune system. And I have certainly referred to it as such. If you Google SIGA or secretory IgA, that's the thing you're going to see the most frequently. The first line of defense, the first line of defense. The reason for it is that it responds to antigens. So this is anything coming in from the outside world allergens, food, protein, bacteria, yeast, pathogens, anything that's coming in to our digestive tract is going to interface with secretory IgA in the gut. And it helps to block pathogens from actually attaching to the cell, uh, to to the lining, the cell wall, the lining of your gut. So it can help to prevent antigens or pathogens from kind of penetrating through the mucosal surface. So that's why it's considered the first line of defense. But if we kind of like think about it, it's that mucosal surface, that mucosal layer, and the integrity of the gut that is technically the first layer of defense. It's an actual layer. It's an actual protective barrier for that epithelial lining. So as a little refresher course on your GI anatomy, the lining of your gut and the lining of your intestines is one cell thick. It's one layer of epithelial cells. And then right above that epithelial cell layer is a mucus layer, sometimes shown as an inner or an outer layer. But for today, we're just going to think about it as like one layer of mucus. So you've got the lumen, which is your GI tube. That's the tube that runs from mouth to butt, okay? That's the inside of that tube is called the lumen. And then from there, you have this mucus layer, and then you have the actual lining of the gut, and that is the one cell thick lining. 
Okay. And so much of our immune system resides here. We've got lots of immune cells. We've got lots of immune activity happening there, but the mucosal layer is the actual physical defensive barrier. It creates a physical barrier between bacteria, toxins, food that's coming in through the lumen and then our insides which is like our bloodstream, our systemic circulation, okay? So secretory IgA, first line of defense, but this mucosal layer is like also a protective first line of defense as well. And we're going to quickly interrupt this discussion to shout out one of our show sponsors. As a reminder, the support of our sponsors is what allows the Functional Nutrition Podcast to continue to pump out new content to you. So we always thank them. We hope that you support them too. If you'd like to conquer sleep with Ned's dream set, Functional Nutrition Podcast listeners get 15% off with code FUNK. Go to helloned.com forward slash FUNK or enter code FUNK at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash F-U-N-K to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. We also want to thank our other show sponsor. One thing I do for blood sugar support, especially around my workouts, is amino acid supplementation. I put Keon aminos in my water bottle to take to the yoga studio or the gym, and I drink it either before or after my workout, sometimes both. I also like that it enhances my recovery. I feel less sore. Leucine-enriched amino acids help to reduce soreness and aid in muscle repair, and Keon aminos contains 40% leucine plus all nine essential amino acids. So that's kind of why it's a really good fundamental support for fitness. It's backed by over 20 years of clinical research, highest quality ingredients. There's no fillers. There's no junk. It undergoes rigorous quality testing and tastes really good. Save 20% on monthly deliveries and 10% on one-time purchases. If you go to getkeon.com forward slash funk, that's G-E-T, K-I-O-N.com slash F-U-N-K to get my fundamental supplement for fitness, Keon Aminos. All right, back to the show. Now, goblet cells are a very specialized type of epithelial cell that secrete mucins. And the mucins are proteins that are really the building blocks of this mucus layer. Mucus itself is mostly water and then these mucin proteins. And so this this is what helps to act as that barrier. It has other other functions too. Like it helps as it acts as a lubricant. It keeps things kind of like juicy. For today's purposes, we're just really going to focus on that barrier function. So we've kind of broken down the lining of the gut, the immune system, that mucosal layer, super, super important. What the heck does acromancia have to do with all of this? Acromancia contributes to the strength, the integrity of this mucus layer. It resides in this mucus layer, and then it utilizes the mucin, those proteins, as the sole source of its energy. So the full name for acromancia is acromancia mucinophila. Mucinophila is love of mucus, essentially. So this bacteria 
munches on, it feeds on the the mucin, which is the primary component of that mucus layer. Acromantia uses the mucin as a food source and as an energy source. And as it munches away at the mucus, it causes those cells, those goblet cells, to produce more mucus, to make more. So it's kind of like pruning. I am not a farmer. I am not a real great gardener. I do not have a green thumb. So you got to bear with me on this analogy, but it's like, I think this is an appropriate analogy. It's like deadheading flowers. You have to like pop them off. So like the new growth can come up. (laughs) That's essentially what acromantia has to do. So it eats the mucus layer and in doing so it stimulates the production of more. So it allows for a better quality mucus layer to come on through. And as it does this, it allows for thickening and a robustness of that mucus layer. We know, we just talked about why that's so important. That's the first line of defense. So it helps us maintain a healthy and strong mucus layer and a healthy and strong intestinal barrier because that mucus layer is kind of helping to protect everything that's on the other side of it. So this is how acromantia helps to prevent leaky gut. So leaky gut is essentially separation between the cells. Uh, those epithelial cells, a separation between them, and it helps to keep the good stuff in and the bad stuff out. It prevents that translocation, things moving and grooving around where they shouldn't belong. And it also helps to support a healthy immune response. It is so important that that mucosa is nice, healthy, thick, and robust to keep immune reactivity down. It helps to prevent an overreaction of the immune system. We touched upon this concept last week when we talked about food sensitivities. We touched upon this concept a lot in the autoimmune series. In order to have an appropriate immune response, our mucosa layer really plays a a, a part in that. The mucosa can serve as a trapping agent for immune cells. So they can kind of like trap things coming in and identify what's there. Is it this friend or is this foe? And that's one of the things that secretory IgA does. Surrounds and engulfs bacteria or viruses or inflammatory proteins or other antigens. And when this happens appropriately, when we have a good, healthy mucosa layer, in good, healthy, robust amounts of secretory IgA, this whole system works really well. And then dendritic cells, which is another immune cell, they don't get as exposed. So dendritic cells are like the Pac-Man cells. They sample everything. They're sampling everything coming in and they're deciding whether or not to tell the rest of the immune system to ramp up. Do we need to have an immune reaction to this? Is this friend or is this foe? So having ample secretory IgA in a robust mucosa layer acts as a buffer for these dendritic cells so they don't get overwhelmed and uh, prompt an overactive immune response. 
So when we don't have appropriate mucosal immunity, when we don't have, when secretory IgA levels drop too low, the dendritic cells are left kind of like doing all the work. They can become overreactive. It's like an appetite for destruction. It just starts flagging and tagging everything. Kill, kill, kill. Murder, murder, murder. And that's when the immune system gets dysregulated. And that's when we can start to see things like um, loss of tolerance to food. So lack of oral tolerance, tons of food sensitivities, loss of tolerance to chemicals, loss of tolerance to self, which is autoimmunity. And so acromantia, this bacteria, helps this whole process by keeping the mucosal layer nice and healthy and strong. And so when we see low secretory IgA paired with low acromantia on a stool test, that might indicate that the mucosal layer is deficient. And it's kind of like the bouncer at the bar is gone. So we're less able to fight things off. We might just like come down with everything we're exposed to. We have a suppressed, lowered immune system. And we also might be more likely to overreact and over-respond to things. So we can see more food sensitivities and immune dysregulation. So again, we lose that ability to discern friend from foe. Now, another reason that we can see low secretory IgA and low acromantia pair together, and this is when it starts to get even more complex and layered. And just again, welcome to your microbiome. Welcome to your gut ecology. It is layered. It is complex. But there's this thing known as cross-feeding, which is bacteria in your gut can signal to each other. They can talk to each other, and they can actually help to keep each other fed. So remember how I said that acromantia uses mucin as a food and energy source. Well, it uses it as an energy source to make short-chain fatty acids. Acromantia produces short-chain fatty acids, especially acetate and propionate, through fermenting mucin. So it munches it up, it ferments it, and then it has that byproduct, which are short-chain fatty acids. And these guys can actually be used by other microbes to pr- produce more short-chain fatty acids. So we've got our uh, butyrate producers like fecal bacterium prosnitsi, and these are stimulated to produce more butyrate, short-chain fatty acids to produce more short-chain fatty acids. So this cross-feeding concept is really important for the ecology uh, of the entire microbiome. So short-chain fatty acids, I have discussed numerous times how these things significantly impact our overall metabolic health. Short-chain fatty acids can activate G-coupled proteins to affect glucose and lipid metabolism. Um, They can impact the production of peptide YY, PYY. That's a hormone that tells your brain that you're full. Um, It can impact GLP-1. You may remember him from such drugs as Ozempic and Wagovi. So we discussed that extensively uh, in episode 238. So it's not just the bacteria that in our guts that impact things, but it's their uh, metabolites. It's like their poop. It's what they create. We want to keep these things well-fed, happy, and healthy because the things that they're producing impact our entire health from top to tail and our metabolism. Now, on Thursday's episode, I'm going to talk through strategies to increase secretory IgA if yours is low. And one of those strategies is talking about probiotics. 
When we see low secretory IgA on a stool test, this can serve as sort of like a backdoor marker for overall low beneficial bacterial production. We know that ample short chain fatty acid production helps to restore secretory IgA levels. That's actually one of the strategies to help bolster uh, secretory IgA. But who produces those short chain fatty acids? Healthy levels of commensal bacteria. So these healthy levels of good bacteria and their byproducts is a stimulus for normal secretory IgA levels. So not only is healthy bacteria and their byproducts good for overall metabolic health and metabolism, but also for our immune system. And so there's this strong correlation where if we see lack of keystone bacterial species in the gut, we might also see low secretory IgA. In a, just a minute here, I'm going to talk about ways to increase acromancia, but understand that microbiome rebounding can take some time. It's not as simple as taking a probiotic pill or some fibers and growing back these species overnight. Um, so in these situations, supplemental support can really help to bridge the gap while bacteria are recovering. So I'm going to talk about some strategies that you can do to feed your acromancia, to feed that mucosa layer and keep acromancia healthy and strong. But in the meantime, you can take short-chain fatty acids in supplemental form. Um, this is a strategy that I can that I employ pretty regularly, I would say, in uh, my practice. So just kind of keep that in mind. Um, but specific ways to increase acromancia, polyphenols are kind of the name of the game. They help to stimulate the production of mucus. And remember that acromancia eats mucin. So we want to help good, healthy production of that mucosal layer. Increasing soluble fiber is also the move because soluble fiber will increase mucin output. And then again, acromancia eats that up. Um, FOS or inulin is the prebiotic of choice here. You just want to be careful with that one. If you have a lot of gas bloating or significant GI uh, symptoms because inulin can sometimes exacerbate those things. So you'd want to like really start super low, kind of test the waters before you go in uh, gangbusters. But other strategies that aren't going to be, aren't really going to exacerbate GI issues, omega-3 fatty acids can be great. And then red dietary polyphenols. So I mentioned polyphenols before, but red specifically. So things that are in cranberries, in pomegranate, in cranberry juice, pomegranate juice, grapes, apple skins, lignin berries, red dragon fruit, red rice, and quinoa. So think about foods that already have that like red pigment color, that can absolutely help to increase levels of acromancia in your gut. One thing that I personally use is Organifi's red juice powder. So it's a powder, it's delicious. It's got beets. It also has free dried berries as well. So it really helps to um, get those red polyphenols in, in like a powder form. It also has some really nice adaptogens, uh, rhodiola, cordyceps, reishi mushroom. So it's supportive of uh, the HPA access in the immune system as well. 
it's kind of like a caffeine-free energy boost. You know, when I want like that midday coffee, I'll have a red juice instead. If you want to try that out, strong recommend from your girl Air Bear. Head to Organifi.com forward slash funk. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash funk. And you get to save 20% off of all their products. But the red juice is the one that's specifically going to help your acromancia. All right, my athletes and my fitness freaks, are you getting enough electrolytes? You kind of need them. They're kind of a big deal. You lose a lot through sweat, but just don't be replacing them with any of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no fillers, no yuck. You need Element. It's not only delicious and wicked convenient, mixes in water super easily, but it also contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams sodium, 200 milligrams potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium. You can get a free sample pack that's eight single serve packets for free with any element order when you go to drinkelement.com forward slash funk. The deal's only available through my unique link to thank you for listening to the show, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash F-U-N-K. You can try it risk-free. So I hope this discussion kind of helps people understand how these two things in the gut, an immunoglobulin and then a bacteria, work together to help keep your gut healthy and strong and why that mucosa layer is so important. And you've also got some food-first strategies to implement to really support both of these things. Uh, We'll talk about supporting secretory IgA more specifically on Thursday's episode. I've got some great strategies there. Uh... A lot of this is free medicine too. And if you want to learn more about mind-body medicine, I'm your girl, Manifest Your Health, Beta Group. Don't forget about it. We're rolling it out. Limited spots. So if you're interested, if this piques your interest, I invite you to fill out the application form on our website, thefunctionalnutritionist.com forward slash manifest dash your dash health. I'm going to link it up in the show notes saying these, these URLs really takes it out of me. So just click the link in the show notes. As always, if this podcast helped you in any way, I would love for you to leave a review, subscribe, tell a friend. This is one of those episodes that I think practitioners are going to gravitate to. So share the love. Don't hoard your practitioner resources. Be part of that ripple effect. Share it with another practitioner friend. Uh, You just never know whose life you might change by doing so. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you got something from today's show, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.